0: Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, you'll hear from the founder of Pearls. Hope you all have heard of the new app that is available for clinical pearls for patient education excited to share this interview with you all right so today we have a special guest on the talk to your pharmacist podcast our guest derek burkowski is a pharmacist software engineer and founder of the pearls.com website and mobile app he is a 2018 doctor of pharmacy graduate from the university of Minnesota. And Derek's past experience includes work in community pharmacy, digital health, and the pharmaceutical industry. Derek, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Uh, Thanks so much for having me on, Hillary. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Well, we're so glad that you could join us. And now that our listeners have heard a bit about your background, maybe you could share any gaps from that intro or maybe a little bit about your personal life.
1: Yeah, totally. So, um, most of it i think is encapsulated in in my bio, biography there so i'm a relatively recent pharmacy graduate so i am born and raised um, in minnesota i was grew up in a, in a rural town called uh, winona minnesota but then went to the university of minnesota for pharmacy school and that's where i, I live now and run my company in, in minneapolis minnesota with uh, my wife and our, our fur baby louie uh, so that's my day-to-day
0: awesome Uh, So, Derek, thanks for sharing that. And it was exciting because we got to meet each other at the APHA annual meeting. Uh, You were actually one of the exhibitors. So Pearl's had just all kinds of students flocked around your booth uh, downloading the app. And one of the the things that I love most about pharmacy conferences is the chance to connect with other pharmacists who are passionate about the, the profession and doing innovative things. And I especially love meeting entrepreneurs. Um, Maybe you could fill us in a few steps along the way from, you know, Walgreens pharmacist to CEO and and founder.
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, no, I I would take myself back to, you know, I guess early in childhood, I I did. I grew up around a family business. Um, However, I wouldn't necessarily have said that I was not the kid who was selling candy out of their locker or anything like that, or setting up lemonade stands. I, entrepreneurship wasn't something I, you know, I, I could, I had in mind, I would say the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during pharmacy school, I, I did take a lot of interest in like independent pharmacy um, and, and was involved in NCPA and, and, and also some other non-traditional organizations. And so yeah, to, to kind of fast, to speed that up a little bit, I, one thing I knew for sure by the time I graduated pharmacy school was that I wanted to work in technology so I had started learning programming during pharmacy school through an internship that I had been involved in. And so I knew when I graduated, I for sure wanted to work sort of in the technology industry, but I wasn't really sure uh, exactly where that would take me. Um, while I was essentially trying to um, establish myself in that regard, I, I did work full time um, as a community pharmacist, which uh, I think like a lot of pharmacists I've met, you know, if I had nine lives to live, I would definitely be doing multiple pharmacy careers. Like I, I would love to be a full-time community (laughs) pharmacist. I, I wish I could be an industry pharmacist and amcare and ambulatory care was one of my favorite rotations on appies. So I just want to footnote that. And, and in particular, yeah, how I got started with the business I'm working on now with, with pearls is, um, so we pearls is, as you mentioned, it's a website and a mobile app and it's, it's sort of like a drug reference. I would, uh, you know, in, in the vein of other reference products that, um, you know, pharmacists or other healthcare professionals may use. Uh, What what Pearls is most like right now is it's sort of like a digital version of those top 400 drug study cards that you had to utilize in school or potentially um, when doing continuing education or on rotations. But, and so what what I'll say is I did, I will not claim, and you'll never hear me claim that Pearls is like a novel idea. You know, it's where it's a drug reference, you know, that's been around Mm -hmm. since forever, you know, Mm -hmm. certainly on stone tablets, you know, they were keeping track of, uh, drug information, and so, in particular, how Pearls got started was just trying to scratch my own itch for something I wanted when I was a fourth year on on rotations. I I remember being on my community rotations, and you know the priest my preceptor would tell me, "All right, Derek, you're the fourth year. You're going to counsel every single patient today on their new meds." And I just remember being like, "Oh my God, okay," and and trying to use what, what was available, and and just not finding you know, kind of the perfect resource I needed for counseling points. Mm. So that's originally where the idea for Pearl started was I wanted to just build myself
0: mm-hmm. my own app
1: to keep track of counseling points while I was a fourth year on rotations. Yeah. And then that need arised again while I was practicing community pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So Pearls got started in my nights and weekends around being a full-time pharmacist, uh, just in, in starting to code the initial version of, of Pearl's. So this is back in around 2019. And then yeah, 2020 is when I went full-time um, on building this product and company.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, people um, have a problem. You had a problem that you wanted to have a readily accessible, accurate um, resource for counseling points, and you figured out how to create and solve that. So, um, you know, maybe you, you can also tell us a little bit um about, you know, how it still sounds a little, maybe frightening for people like, gosh, how, how do you start a business or how do you start an app? Of course, you know, you, you're clearly working on your MVP or minimum viable product, but um, you also, what, were one of the first or only pharmacists that got to be involved in the Y Combinator. So maybe tell us a little bit about that kind of, you know, you had your your, um, you know, product that you were trying to create and then how'd you know that you were going to take that and create a business around it?
1: Yeah. So definitely a a couple things came together, um, maybe, uh, somewhat serendipitously with regards to actually forming the business and and properly getting that underway. Because yeah, I I guess another, like if I were to take a step back, I think there's maybe a couple ways to start a business and maybe the, probably the most common way people think about is a person who identifies a a really awesome like opportunity in the market, they think to create a huge business, or they identify a problem, and then they devise you know a business plan for how this is going to work, and then they go, you know, reach out to a lawyer and get things set up perfectly, and an accountant, um, and then they execute, you know, or maybe they have some money or they get some funding and they execute on their business. This was very much the opposite. I as just to allude briefly back to what I was saying before. Pearls very much got started just trying to scratch my own itch and build a product that I thought I wanted to have with myself. And so, fortunately, because I had learned programming mm-hmm. uh, during pharmacy school, I had created myself just a personal LLC after right after pharmacy school mm-hmm. to do freelance website development out of. And so, just by happenstance, because I had had an LLC in place, which I just Cre- you know, looked up online, how, how do I create a Minnesota LLC so I can have a business someone, someone mm-hmm. you know, it, was, I, it wasn't super rigorously thought out to, you know, go after trying to grow a business. But so when I started making pearls, I was like, okay, great. This is just going to be a product that's underneath the business entity I already have. Um, and we'll see, you know, that, that's where, cause I needed a business bank account to collect payment, you know, for the pearls website. And so it, it, that sort of came together again, not super, um, like, having this master plan to, to start a, to start a company. But yeah, I just took the small step of, of creating myself a, again, I started with my own just small business for doing website development mm-hmm. and then layered on top of that, my own product that I was starting to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so to, I, pre, I really appreciate you bringing up um, the Y Combinator opportunity. So another, I think there's two types of, uh, or certainly there's potentially multiple flavors, but um, one thing that's, when I originally started Pearls in, in my own personal LLC I was a 100% bootstrapped company. Mm-hmm. So I would I well, well it started by basically burning through all the money I'd made in my short period of time working at full you know full time as a pharmacist. So I started with my own personal funds and then essentially how how I managed pearls for the, throughout 2020 and into 2021 was um just sort of trying to pick I basically I, I was still a float pharmacist so I would just pick up shifts as I needed to have enough money to pay my bills between so between pearls subscriptions and, and 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 shifts at the pharmacy were how I would essentially keep um, the ability to keep working on my business. Mm-hmm. However, in in last July of 2021 um, was the first time that I actually decided to go a little bit different route with my business and, and go down the, the venture capital route and, and take an investment uh, to be able to um, gr- uh, grow the business out faster and um, you know uh, do more things. So. Uh, basically, you know, a, a good reason to, or we can get into some, some of the nuance, but with, I really, I think bootstrapping is a really great way to, um, w- especially if you are just playing around with the idea of a business or, or you want to be involved in multiple things. Maybe you do want to keep your day job, but start something on the side, mm-hmm. you know, it makes a lot of sense to, to to bootstrap it and to manage, you know, these multiple facets of your life. Mm-hmm. But once I kind of got to the point where Pearls was starting to get some decent traction and I was just personally, At that time, a year and a half into the business, and even now, almost two and a half, three years into the business, Mm -hmm. one one thing I'm most excited about is that I'm still like super excited every day to to be doing this. Um, And so, basically, so last summer became the point when I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I would like to take an investment in the business from from an outside venture capitalist, so that we can grow the business faster. In particular, one of the most intensive parts of our product is adding new content and drug pages in. And so mm-hmm. to expedite that process um, is is where, is, you know, and, and basically grow our product faster is why we took the decision to um, go down the venture capital route with our business. And yeah, so Y Combinator is one of the top um, early stage venture capital accelerator programs in, in the entire world. And so I was really lucky this last uh, J- January through March to partake in their winter cohort. They run two cohorts each year. Um, With with companies around the world, and just learn a lot of fundamentals as well as um, be partnered with that firm.
0: That's exciting. Uh, And so, just to back up a little bit for people who maybe are not as familiar, so bootstrapping is you're putting your own money in. Your, you know, where now? What what kind of you know people might think? Oh, it's an app, and you built it. Like, what are some of the things that you were having to? To put money into, um, or where are you getting, you know, content from? Maybe that might help a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. So, actually, well, I guess maybe to uh, uh, one point I maybe I glossed over briefly there, which which was, so in 2019 when I was essentially coding the prototype of Pearls that I expected. Um, I wanted to go out and build a company around. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had been aware of venture capital Mm -hmm. and and actually I did pitch some venture capitalists and I, and I I showed them my prototype and I said, "Um, look at this. This is, this is going to be a really great drug reference app. People are really going to like it. I just need your money so that I can go license content like monographs to put into my product. Well um, I got turned down. (laughs) And so I was like, well, shoot, I guess I'm just going to have to go do this uh, Mm -hmm. myself. And so Mm -hmm the content um, originally and for the large part today still is built in-house by um, pharmacists on the, on the pearls team. And so when I was bootstrapping, yeah, it was, it was rate limited by the amount of time that I could spend, you know, I was basically the largest expense of, of pearls. Um, So you 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 could think of maybe you could maybe even think of it, whether it was an app, you know, I, I do programming and website development. And so, but whether it's that or whether it's a newsletter or, or some other type of business that somebody does. I, I was essentially doing the, the work to make the product, um, which so it's just my own sweat equity and, and cost. But then, yeah, of course, there's a bunch of other expenses that start to show up as you want to grow your product, like having to pay for certain marketing spots, um, paying for our email management system, mm-hmm. the domains, um, the cloud hosting of the website. Mm-hmm. So those things, all of course, you know, the, the the extent to which you can rely on them are you know, can be rate limited by. The money you use. And, and again, that's what's great about bootstrapping, I guess, is even though it's, it uh, is somewhat, you know, you can't, you know, depending on your circumstances, like I, like I was certainly in when, when starting it didn't have a lot of resources at hand, but I think it actually makes you be a little more um, even just, you know, focused on what's most important to add next, mm-hmm. to get, to get to the next, uh, you know, to get a little bit more income, to be able to add the, add the next most important thing. Um, and it can be when you're trying to build a product that you don't actually know if the world wants yet, it can be a really, um, just, I guess, forcing function to be, to be bootstrapping.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. So, you know, fast forward, you talk to some VCs and you've grown it, you know, a year, year and a half, and then you applied a Y Combinator. Were you the only pharmacy? I mean, healthcare is definitely at this, you know, perfect ripe time for disruption, but we're still seeing kind of a lag in a lot of the pharmacy disruption. So, you know, how did you pitch it? You're, you know, coming up against some like really established players in the market. You've got, you know, um, other drug compendia that we could certainly rattle off. So what was kind of your, you know, um, unique selling proposition or like what you think made it so that you got into Y Combinator, uh, when you did.
1: Yeah. So, well, and, um, Uh, to to put a little more detail into it. So actually, yeah, when I did get into Y Combinator, this last um, iteration, it actually was my fifth time in a row applying. So if I I were to take you back to 2019, that story I was just mentioning where I had pitched some VCs, um, the the ones in question or part of the ones in question I'm talking about are actually that was the first time I did apply to Y Combinator and and had an interview to pitch their team to try and get in the cohort. And yeah, like, like you mentioned, well, Y Combinator and certainly much of venture capital Um, you know, bio and healthcare is becoming more popular, but largely Y Combinator had historically been more focused on, yeah, just, you know, more traditional technical businesses, you know, websites and business software, or or even direct to consumer types of software. Mm -hmm. Some of the graduates of Y Combinator, the most prominent companies are like Airbnb and DoorDash and Instacart Mm -hmm. and Coinbase. Um, and Reddit are all, all kind of, you know, these kind of traditional tech companies are the more, the most, um, what 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 Y Combinator is most well known for, and so actually, yeah, they they have started to have more of a healthcare and a bio focus over the last few few years, and and in particular, in our case, yeah, wh- one of the most common feedback I, I got from them and from other venture capitalists when hearing rejections mm-hmm. was, yeah, we you know we want to see you get more business traction because we don't mm-hmm. know if this is going to be if people actually are going to want this over existing compendia or what's what's your defensibility? That's something they still you know. concern that will get brought up how are you gonna couldn't um you know one of the big references just copy whatever differentiator you're doing Mm -hmm. um and so anyway when when we when i finally did get in essentially essentially every time you apply Mm -hmm. they ask you what have you done different since last time and 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 they kind of basically are trying to get out of you that you've changed your idea in some way Mm -hmm. and so i would pretty much respond to the application and say i've changed nothing about my idea it's exactly the same we just have more paying customers see it's working now um (laughs) (laughs) And so finally, yeah, the fifth time around, they were like, okay, apparently, you know, it's, this, I don't know what, this guy won't go away or, yeah, <laughs> he's got enough customers to convince us that we'll take a chance. Um, and so, yeah, and then, the, so the last thing I'll just wrap up on to your question here is to, to address what's what's different about Pearls. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, as I mentioned right now, there's only, we only cover about 400 medications in the product. So those found in the outpatient setting. Mm-hmm. But what, we're, what we've done is we've built a, a digital experience in our app around the common workflows that pharmacists or clinicians, other clinicians go through Hmm. when dealing with medications. So the information in Pearls is focused on showing you what you need for patient counseling Mm -hmm. or what you need when you're doing clinical review. What are the top points you should be thinking about before you approve a prescription or or prescribe a prescription? Mm -hmm. And so you know if I were to tell you to do clinical review on a on a new prescription and and I were to tell you to use one of the existing references like I'll just I'll say LexiComp or Micromedex. If I were to tell you to just use that to do clinical review, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do? Read the entire thing. Um, you know, and even then, it doesn't really tell you. It, like Metformin, yeah, of course it's for diabetes, but am I supposed to be using it right now or not mm-hmm. um, with this patient? And so we try and focus the information around the workflows that um, that clinicians are um, undertaking when 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 needing to rely upon a, a, a reference. And I can talk through a few other scenarios that have that, that kind of personally inspired some of the differentiation, but in a nutshell, that's, um, uh, w- w- well, a-, a couple parts of the story there.
0: Yeah, no, I think it would be helpful to learn a little bit more about what pearls is, um, for those who aren't yet familiar with it.
1: Yeah. So one of the most common things that, um, well, I, I, maybe I don't want to put a, a, a quantitative, um, number on this, but this certain hap- this certainly happened to me a lot at the pharmacy is you'll have a patient call you on the phone mm-hmm. or, or, um, show up you know, pop their head through the counseling window and, and they'll say, they'll have, they'll have a they'll have a question for you. They'll have a, they'll have a product and they'll say, how am I supposed to use this? Or what should I know about, you know, this? And a lot of times immediately I'm about 80% sure of the answer. <laughs> and I know in order to get a hundred percent sure of the answer, I'm going to have to spend five or 10 minutes or, or at least a few minutes utilizing a reference. And, and a lot of times I don't, I don't have the time for that because horns are honking in the drive-through customers are you're getting angrier as they're waiting for their prescriptions. You know, the district manager is mad about our metrics. And so you have all the, and this is true of, you know, doctors and and, and other healthcare providers who have appointments, you, you know, the time, you know, there's becoming more and more to do in less and less time. And so a lot of times in interactions like that, you'll give the patient an answer you're hundred percent sure of, but it only partially answers their question. And so with, with pearls, uh, and then you're both sort of like, well, okay, okay. I guess we're, I guess this interaction's over with pearls, the, 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 ability to quickly access the counseling points, it, it created for me the opportunity to actually do counseling when I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do it mm-hmm. uh, because of just the quick ability to pull up the information I need for that, for that interaction. Um, and, and so, yeah, again, but then just to resummarize, summarize yeah. What, so pearls is, you know, it's pretty standard with regards to being, you know, a lot of that we, we get our information from the same sources that, you know, every other, every other reference would, you know, we'd summarize, we're we're a tertiary resource that summarizes product label information, clinical guideline information, uh, primary literature information, when necessary. And, and yeah, just tries to build this experience around getting you the information that you need for specific workflows or that, or, or for studying for specific workflows. Like if you're Mm -hmm. a student on rotations or a student studying pharmacotherapy courses. Mm
0: -hmm. So currently are most of your customers, uh, individual pharmacists or student pharmacists?
1: Yeah, we, so we have a, um, I, it's, it's pretty close uh, to even there, but we have our, our sort of our thesis um, just for our go-to-market thesis, just, just in order to have one, because you need to start, you know, somewhere is we're, we, I broadly like to say we're targeting everyone under the age of 30. Um, <laughs> and, in okay. that, and that's actually, I, I would, not that it's Not that um, anyone over 30 wouldn't like Pearls or wouldn't want to use it. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, going back to the question of differentiation, um, if if we are trying to break into a market with a lot of really great products like there are with other compendias, um, you, you need to sort of find your way to wiggle into the system. And so just like how Snapchat 10 years ago captured a whole bunch of 13 year olds who are now 23 year olds. You know, Snapchat makes up a huge market share of how Gen Z communicates, and that's how they establish themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we're sort of trying to do is we're trying to capture the Gen Z clinician because when I was in school, I was trained to use a certain compendia, and so we're trying to essentially make the next generation be trained to use Pearls, so that when you are wh- when you do go out into practice, mm-hmm. you're going to be asking your employer, "Why aren't we paying for Pearls?" That's the only thing I know how to use, or that's my favorite reference to use, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to trying to. Dislodge, you know, wh- whatever someone who's been practicing for a long time, whatever their existing favorite resource is.
0: Okay, makes sense. All right, so Derek, I think um, you know we've got a, a pretty good overview of of you know how you got there and and what Pearls is, but maybe you could tell us a bit more for you know other pharmacists, like how what are some you know tips on how they can learn programming and other technology skills.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, or the first thing I'll say on that is I personally had never known any pro- – I didn't know a line of code or programming until I was 20-something years old. Half, ha- it was between my second and third year of pharmacy school, I think, that I started learning programming. Mm-hmm. And it was because of a suggestion from somebody um, at, at the technology company I was doing my internship at. I think programming seems kind of uniquely like an opaque skill to learn uh, for, for pharmacists and for healthcare professionals like like, like myself mm-hmm. even – nobody bats an eye at the idea of getting a, an mba with your PharmD or an mph or a juris, you know or or a law degree that's that's very normal and so i think for whatever reason just you know learning programming skills i would i would just i would compare it to that it's just another it's another type of skill you can learn to pair with your clinical knowledge um, and it's and it's no more difficult to learn than any of these other domains that we that, that a lot of people will add upon their clinical knowledge um, it's just yeah, I don't think there's many there's not really a linear path for doing it uh, at this point in time. Um, and so yeah, for myself, how I um, utilize utilized learning programming was just through online programs. So I actually have a website uh, called uh, pharmacist.dev, Ooh. where I, I do a little bit of explaining some some resources that folks can get started on. Um, but essentially, yeah, I don't you don't actually and there's also um so one so one way to learn is is to start learning through some just really online basic courses. That's a place that I started. And then another one is lots of universities are having uh, master in health informatics degrees mm-hmm. that um, are popping up as dual degrees, and so th- that in some regards is sort of a linear path that is materializing for PharmD's to um, also learn technical skills. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say it, it, uh, um, it. You know, depends upon what what the what your interest uh, for applying that knowledge is. Um, but then there's I think there's some, some pretty straightforward ways to get started just uh, utilizing um, certain online resources that, um, again, I guess one thing I would just point towards is I have a longer thoughts on my website at pharmacist.dev, but um, that uh, is, it's, it's, it's as accessible as, as any uh, skill set.
0: Okay. And any other recommendations on pathways to some of these technology careers?
1: Yeah, I think, so if I were to break up Technology into some subfields to think about learning. So just like how pharmacy, you know, there's broadly speaking for for patient care, there's you know community and there's inpatient or there's inpatient outpatient or you know community institutional, however you, whatever labels you want to use, you know, t- those are kind of the two classic roles within our profession. A-, a way to think about learning software engineering or programming, the two different routes are sort of: do you want to learn website and or mobile app development, or do you want to learn data analytics? Mm-hmm. And I think the data analytics area is, is really one that more and more careers are becoming available that, that are, that pharmacists can step into. So that's, you know, graduates of like master in health informatics programs are finding themselves in jobs, uh, in, in H-E-O-R health economics outcomes research at pharmaceutical companies or PBMs, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, or traditional informatics at a, at a, at a health system. A lot of times you may be dealing with, um, assembling the EHR and like putting together order sets, but now there's pharmacists that once they develop some data analytics skills, like learning Python or just even becoming better at Microsoft Excel, they are being relied upon to export reports from from electronic medical records and do data analytics for for um, identifying where some of their quality control measures uh, can be like for stars ratings and HEDIS measures can be improved. Mm-hmm. And so I think data analytics, le- learning some data analytics skill sets for analyzing healthcare data is there's lots of careers that pharmacists are currently in that if you can, if you can um, grasp, or just add some of that knowledge to your tool belt. Um, you, you can take on, take on, and/or and create roles uh, with, within existing work settings that pharmacists find themselves, like at health systems,
0: mm-hmm. at
1: uh, pharmaceutical companies, pharmacy benefit managers, uh, and, and other settings.
0: Absolutely, uh, exciting opportunities ahead. And so, Derek, as our final question that I love to ask all of our guests. Uh, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, the, okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll, speak to like my, my younger self. I think this may, this may, uh, this advice may, may become maybe a little bit contradictory uh, to itself, which is, you know, you are the only person who knows, you know, yourself. And like, I remember, you know, when I was young, especially in pharmacy school, seeing so many careers that pharmacists were doing and almost like wanting to do them all. And I would hear lessons from pharmacists in different careers that would contradict each other. And so I, I, the kind of main advice I would give is, you know, look inside, look, look internally, um, just as much or more than you look externally at at different possibilities of careers that you may want to take, um, for what, for what you, you know, for what you would desire. And, um, and then, I do, but and so, and so, with that being said, now I'm about to, I guess I would give some advice now that I would just encourage that I would, you know, contradicting myself, that is to say, I encourage someone to take or leave this advice if, if they feel like it's applicable to them or not. I, I really think, yeah, adding, a, you know, adding a skill set,
0: mm-hmm.
1: skill stacking to your clinical domain can be really powerful, whether it be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be technical, whether you add programming to what you do, data analytics. Whether you add, you know, law knowledge or business knowledge, it it can be other things like add, maybe you can try, you know, learning a new language or adding a new cultural competency to your, to your patient care practice. That can be a way that you can um, reach a whole new group of patients Um, or, or, or if it is learning, like maybe your health system is now focused on um, improving their quality measures. So adding, you know, you know, being unafraid to, I guess, step outside of um, a, to another domain where, where your your clinical knowledge will uh, make, you know, will, will, will synergize with it really well.
0: Awesome. Well, Derek, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Just as a reminder, where can our listeners find more about uh, your work?
1: Yeah, well, certainly I hope to run into um, more people at conferences like like you and I were able to now that the world is hopefully opening back up. Um, but short of that, I would love to connect with um, any and everyone who's listening who finds anything that I'm doing interesting on LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm the only Derek Borkowski comma mm-hmm. farm D on LinkedIn. Um, there's a few others, but I'm the uh, please look me up on, on LinkedIn and I'd love to be connected so that we can continue a conversation or, or start one, start one there.
0: Awesome. Well, Derek, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Very exciting. And um, we're cheering you on as you're doing some innovative things in the field. Thanks so much for being a guest. Thanks again, Hillary. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group. updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.